This is Biz. I'm a part-time working mom with two full-blown kids. And I'm Teresa. I have a family business, two young kids, and a toddler. This is a show about life after giving life. Don't listen with your kids, because there will be swears. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, maybe I'm actually not cool with that. Plus, Biz ate that bunny. Teresa isn't nice about Easter, and we talked to Zibby Owens of the popular podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Woo! <laughs> Teresa, how are you? Oh, I... <laughs> so, growing up, Easter was special because it was like a big family thing, mm-hmm. and my family was sort of religious when yep. I was growing up, and there was a religious element to it. And there was meaning behind it. Right. And even once my family sort of moved away from the Catholic Church and things like that, when I was like a preteen and a young teenager, we still kind of did like very meaningful things on Easter together. Like we would like go for a hike and we would talk about we would like I can't remember. We would do like something because there was we needed to do something to sort of fill that place that religion had held in our in our family. Yes. And we would also get together with cousins, and it was you would have a dress, you would yeah. wear a dress. You wore, you it wasn't got always up, a new dress, but you but would get dressed up, and yeah. In my family, my my family that I have now, that is my own family, yes. with my own partner and my own children, we are not a religious family, mm-hmm. and Easter holds no meaning right. for our family outside of fucking shitloads of fucking disgusting candy and, and junk food. Plastic, eggs. and Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I, I wish I could skip over Easter. I am so, I, I was not a nice person yesterday. Okay. Leading up to, so we were in the mountains we, for a few days. It was great. There were great things about that trip. But like leading up to Easter, I kind of knew this would happen because my kids were so excited about Easter. I never once brought up Easter to my kids. Yes. I don't, I don't, I'll do it. I'll do it. Great. Like I like that they're happy or whatever. But (laughs) parenting, I know they're happy or whatever. (laughs) It's the best. (laughs) But like the amount of buildup leading up to it was an amount that I was very uncomfortable with because I was like, the only reward for this buildup is candy. I don't have anything yeah. else going on. Like yeah. I can just give you candy and that's basically what we're talking about here. Yeah. And that just makes me feel sad and gross. <laughs> so, and I like candy, yeah. but it's like, it's just, uh. ugh. so anyways, on Easter morning, like the night before, you know, they're all excited and they're yeah. pumped up. And I'm like, just so you know, we're not going to get up before 6 a.m. Like, that's the yeah. that is the time yeah. for me. Like, yes. that's the time. So I said, if you get up before 6 a.m., we're not going to, like, go have candy or whatever. Yeah. It's 6 a.m. or later. Well, Grace got up at 4. Oh, God. Three and four. she couldn't go back to sleep. Of course. So I enjoyed the torture of being awakened every 5 or 10 minutes from 4 o'clock in the morning to 6 o'clock in the morning, at which point... I was not a human anymore. I was so angry and so sad and so broken. I started the day off by screaming. Yeah. Because I was so done. You were already done. Finally, I had finally like told her just, I will come get you. Yeah. You need to stop coming to me. I tried to have her sleep next to me. Tried to, I tried like so many things. Yeah. And I was just still, and she was, she became more and more amped up. 
as the time went on. Yeah. And so it was awful. And by the oh. time we like went downstairs and got their candy, like I was just like, uh-huh, great. And they're like all excited and they're enjoying it. And I'm like sitting there. I'm not even really trying yeah. to enjoy it at that point because I'm, <laughs> right. like, I'm like, here I am. I'm just yeah. here. I, yeah. I can't fix this for myself. This oh, just is yeah. what it is. Whatever. And then, you know, the day wore on and actually like I felt better throughout the day somehow ate like, some candy <laughs> i ate probably ate a lot of candy i didn't get a rest because it was our day yeah. driving back oh. to la um from Oof. the mountains and i was i was exhausted and it was just and we came home we did an easter egg hunt and that was fine you know they're yeah. like whatever but i don't know like i i guess yeah i'm sorry to just like be complaining about it but that's just really what it was for me like yeah. i was just like wow, I just wish we didn't do this because it's not like maybe we need to like come up with something that it means to us. And in the future, I can like lean on that a little more and like have something about it that is important. Do you know what I mean? I actually think two things. One, it is fine to shit on a holiday, (laughs) guys. It happens. Be it. Christmas, Easter, whatever. Yeah. I mean, that's so, we talked about that. It's so tied up in like expectations and like our own past and like, uh, what did we just set up in this house? Is yeah. this is this working? Do I like this? You know, and, and it's exhausting. It's not, it isn't as fun for us anymore. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's different. But I actually really like, and I think at some other time we should maybe have a discussion about... When what made a holiday or an event have a meaning for us as kids, mm. when that's changed, because that's, I mean, yeah, I, same way. I was raised Catholic, so the holidays all centered around, you know, getting dressed up really nicely. You know, we get up, hunt for the eggs, go to Easter Mass, mm-hmm. do Easter Mass, and then drive to my grandmother's house in another city. It's like 45 minutes away. And then have the whole like ambrosia, like yeah. jello salads and yeah. like all that shit. And yeah, there was this like spiritual meaning that connected with the fun, yeah. goofy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that that's, I think it's interesting. And I really like the idea of maybe we have to just come up with our own thing. Yeah. You know, or, and which is fine. Yeah. It's just when the fuck are you going to have time to... And we've talked about this too before. It's like, I know that if I could just not in the moment have the yeah, time, but what will happen time. is yeah. I'll realize I need to do this a again. day out. Yeah. <laughs> but also, maybe I just won't remember this again yeah. until, next, until year. next year. And then I'll be like, oh, damn it. Damn I was going to come up with something. Well, maybe next Here year. Here comes bunny, bunny rabbit. Well, I am sorry. And that does sound really hard. I'm really sorry. Oh, thanks. Yeah. It's yeah. Thank you. Yeah. How are you? I enjoyed the shit out of Easter. <laughs> Fuck off. I know. No. Okay. I was. Some of you who follow on Instagram may know that I made a bunny cake. Uh huh. My mother I saw the cake. You saw the yeah. evil cake. Okay. When I was home in Alabama, I brought back a bunch of my mother's like cake pans you know i don't bake a lot of cakes but i was like oh look it's the jack-o'-lantern one it's the that bunny one right like Mm -hmm. i brought them all back 
And they all had their instructions, I thought. And I was like, I wonder if I brought back the bunny cake. You know, mm-hmm. I had thought about it in months. And I looked under the cabinet and all the way in the back is the bunny cake, but no instructions for the bunny cake. Mm-hmm. I had Big Bird cake instructions, but no Big Bird pans. So I think there's a box somewhere. But I decided to wing it. Mm-hmm. Went online. No the 1974 instructions for the 1974 Wilton bunny cake pan did not exist mm-hmm. unless I bought it. I don't mm-hmm. want to buy it. So I did the 1979 bunny cake pan. Slightly <laughs> different bunny, but it still stood up. So I yep. thought, okay, made this cake. Mine did not stand up. Obviously, I was going to lay it down, decorate it. Yeah. But it's Easter, so it can't just be a little plain bunny. Right. Hey, kids, what color do you want the bunny? Pink! Right. (laughs) So we make it, and it's just awful in all its beauty. I mean, it's just gorgeous. It looked great. It does, but it also looks like a 1970s horror film. Like, it Uh actually looked, like, because then, like, I was like, was oh, it all fro- covered? All in frosting. frosting. Yeah, that's because to me, yeah. I was like, I didn't realize there was even cake underneath. Cake. Like, I just thought it was like a big. Blob in some of plastic. places, there was not cake underneath okay. because it did not come out of the pan. Okay, those ears, all icing. Okay, so everybody, we had people over for Easter, and everybody got their picture taken with the cake beforehand. And Ellis and Katie Bell both want the bunny's face and they're really excited. They both want it and they're fighting over that. And I said, no, no, no. We're not. I can split the bunny's face. Okay. <laughs> the moment I cut that bunny's face in half, uh-huh. my empathetic, all feelings, yeah. Ellis. Yeah. Cried. Cried yeah. because the bunny was no longer cute. Yeah. And I was like, you were about to eat this bunny. Yeah. So it was a lot of consoling. Very confusing. And then everybody was Difficult. still able to choke yes. the bunny down. Oh, good. And uh, yeah. So uh, that, and as what I came to realize was this is now going to be a tradition. Obviously, the bunny will be made every year. Yeah. It'll be what I lean back on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when it comes to like, what's Easter about? Oh, bunny cake. And like, I'm sure it will get, somebody had a great suggestion of taking a picture of it and like putting it in the pan mm-hmm. so that every year we'll like have whatever weird thing's going to happen to the bunny the next year and the next year. So yeah. And I gave my kids shit ton of awful candy. What time did they get up? They got up well before six, but they did not. We did the six o'clock warning thing and had the clock, and it just managed. It just so they just didn't come out. They did not. They were in their room. They were in their room hanging out. Sorry, I just needed no, to. It's okay. I needed it to know. Didn't happen at Christmas, uh-huh. but it happened for Easter. Okay, I'm really sorry. Yeah, I think your story, not story, your real life. <laughs> I think your real life experience with Easter and mine actually kind of tie in nicely to what we're going to talk about today, which is maybe I'm actually not okay with that. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Biz and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. Teresa. Yeah. Maybe I'm actually not okay with that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just start us yeah. off with a little story. Do it. And then we'll just go into Great. it. Great. So I grew up in a house where if Papa found us doing something on furniture or like putting a glass down or whatever, writing, he would, oh, you know, you know, stop it. And Mama would come in and be like, I am, my children 
are not going to be afraid of furniture. Because she had been raised in a house where you couldn't, like, touch any of the furniture mm-hmm. in the house. Mm-hmm. And she was like, it's furniture. Mm-hmm. Touch it. Mm-hmm. Use it. Yeah. And I remember really, that really sinking in and thinking, this is what I'm going to do with yeah. my kids as well. Yeah. And that is the rule that we have established. Same with clothes. You know, like, I'm not going to have put you in something that you have you to. Can't get dirty. Yeah, yeah, that you have to worry about. Yeah. What, I didn't like that as a kid. Right. Yeah. So you can have fun in this outfit. If it gets dirty, it's okay. Yeah. You know? So very confident that I, I'm fine with this. Yes. And then I have these other moments mm-hmm. where I, I think maybe I'm not fine with it. Mm. Maybe... I don't want you treating the mm-hmm. furniture that way. Mm-hmm. Or maybe when I find that dress just like balled up. Like, or maybe like when you make the, when like Katie Bell makes the choice, if she knows she's going outside to play in the mud and she chooses to wear the thing that's much harder to clean yeah. than the thing that's easier to clean. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you could just make a different choice. Right. And really, it really, really, really wouldn't matter. Right. And I could say that it's partly I'm saying that to help her because if she really likes the nice thing that she's wearing, it'll it it won't be as nice the next time she wants to wear it. I'm trying to help her. But really, it's about me Mm -hmm. being like, I don't I don't want to fucking deal with washing that. I'm actually not okay. And if I want that to spiral even further, I could say, oh, am I missing some lesson and like taking care of stuff? You know, no, like we're teaching them responsibility in other ways. And then I'm like, do I have permission to change my mind about this? And if I do change my mind and I tell my kids, actually, now clothes are really important. And so are, so are, it's furniture. What's the psychological fallout of that mm. for my children later? Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm not okay with it. Yeah. And like, where am I in that? So, yeah. I think the keeping things clean and taking <sighs> care of household items yeah. is really the place where this all happens because like (laughs) this is the zoo this is yeah it's all happening it's all happening like I mean because we are getting pulled in so many different directions like I love Mm -hmm. your mom's phrasing around my kids are not going to be afraid of furniture and like Jesse and I also have a little bit of that dynamic where he like really wants to teach our kids to take care of the things in our house and he picks out a lot of really nice things for our house. And I'm much more of like, this is our house. We should all be really comfortable in our house and we should feel comfortable with all the things in our house. Like there was like a chair where we had this argument about like, if this is going to be in our house, like he was like, do you think this chair is going to be okay in our house? And I was like, what do you mean by that? Because like, (laughs) will will there be pen on it within the next six months? Yes. Yeah. There probably will. So, like, if you're not okay with pen showing up on it, like, we'll try not to have pen on it. Right. But, like, pen will probably show up on it. Yeah. At some point. So, like, if you're not okay with that, let's not have it in the house. And we ended up having it in the house. And, like, it, it's getting destroyed slowly. Yeah. It's slowly getting destroyed. But we have this nice chair in our house. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. like... It's really tough. I think, like, one thing I know, one thing I was thinking about when you were talking about this is like, if you set up some ground rules for your kids yeah. that it say one thing and then you feel like you feel a different way. Yeah. I think one thing that happens for, I think 
honestly, I don't think you can traumatize your kids by saying, you know what? I know I said it was fine to have water in the living room, but right. I'd actually really rather you just keep all liquids in the kitchen. Yeah. Like, I thought about it. I changed my mind. I don't think we should have anything in the living room, even water. Right. Bring it back to the kitchen. Let's keep it in there. Like, I don't think that is traumatizing for an- anyone. They might, like, argue about yeah, it a little sure. bit or try to push it again the next day. But, like, I don't think that's hurting anyone. But what I do notice myself doing sometimes is not being upfront about it, not acknowledging it, yeah. watching it play out the way I said was perfectly fine for it to play out. <laughs> but I'm internally getting more and more irritated yes. and more stressed about what's happening. And then I'm acting weird, but I'm not telling them why. And I'm not like, do you yes, know what I'm saying? It's, more psych- it's not psychologically no. damaging to the children, but it's destroying us. You know what I mean? Unless unless we're then acting on that by being like irritable, but we're not saying why. Well, that's what I mean. Well, what's wrong with mom? I'm just doing the normal stuff. Yeah. I know. Stephen and I have had that same conversation about a chair. Uh It was like, we just had Katie, we just moved to California Uh and we were going to get this chair. His parents were going to buy us like a piece of furniture and Stefan really wanted this like leather like chair from Pottery Barn or whatever or Crape I don't know where the fuck it was from one of those stories mm-hmm. and we're looking at it and he's like I love this chair and I said okay we can have this chair as long as you understand we have children and we have cats <laughs> and he was like I do and I said yeah, but we're going to have children forever, and their friends are going to come over. Yeah. And people are going to have stuff in their pockets, yeah. and they're going to sit on it, yeah. and they're going to scoot on it, and the things in their pocket might, like, mark on it yep. or, like, draw on it, and, like, a hole is definitely going to probably wind up on this. It's, it, Somebody's it going to put their shoes on it before right. you have a chance to stop them. It can't be a yeah. chair that's in the house that we say, you can't sit on that chair. Yeah. Okay, and and he's like, I understand. Yeah, and it's it's been in the house, and like it's like you said, actually, it's doing okay. Uh But like, we also haven't had like a million friends over. Yeah, you know, and so you're kind of doing something in the middle, right? You guys are trying to keep it okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like that's gonna change. Yeah. (laughs) It's just because, yeah. Because but it's also like as time passes, yeah. things get worn out. I mean, well, that's right. gonna happen with. But normal. when you have kids in your house, things sometimes get worn out a lot faster. Yeah, they do. It's like, why, why do I have a white couch? Yeah. Why do I have white pants? Yeah. But I do like this. I do think that what you're saying is the real issue at hand, and it's the not being honest with yourself or with the, yeah. everybody else that it is bothering you. Yeah. And, you know, there too, actually, and I think something else is if you are parenting with a partner, yeah. if that has a, if you haven't had the conversation of, well, you understand there are kids in this house, yeah. right? If you, about certain things or about, a lot of these are rules that like come up in the moment mm-hmm. and that can like be difficult to work through as a couple. Cause I find myself lots of times when Stefan makes a call Mm-hmm. Or I make a call about yeah. something. It's really hard to not respond in yes. that moment and say, no, 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 they can't, right? Yes. Like, yeah, you have to be really good yeah. about waiting and having the discussion later. Yes. And that was a hard lesson to learn yeah. about all parenting things. Yeah. You know, and I'm still not good at it. I'm still I'm still working on that skill. I avoid dealing with those a lot of times and sometimes I just decide for myself well that can be his role for them like I like when they're with him 
that can be a rule that they yeah. have. When they're with me, they can have a different rule. They will figure that out and they will be okay. Like with some things, it yeah. just is easier for it to yeah. be like that. Well, like, they've got that in the car. They uh-huh. definitely, Seven has definitely set some rules one way in his car. Uh-huh. And my rules are anything goes, the more granola, the better. Yeah, into oh, right. The car, right? We're the like, same. Yeah, mom we're the car. Same. Yeah, my Yola. car has lots of food and <laughs> But do you think, okay, well, then let's think about the stigmas of the, like, mom rules versus dad rules, right? Right, like, yeah. What's that about? You know, or yeah. like, are Put the phrase mom or dad aside and just whoever there's the primary, whoever's mm-hmm. like the one spending the most time with the kids mm-hmm. and uh, a little more of the president. Mm-hmm. And then the other, the person who may be not, whatever, however it's set up in your house. Mm-hmm. That dynamic, what is that saying? You know what I mm-hmm. mean? That like. It's saying a lot. It is saying I, I, a lot. I can't, honestly, I cannot fix that i know i, I can't cannot either. fix that i cannot fix the fact that yeah. i'm the primary yep caregiver i cannot fix the fact that like when we're out in the world like we jesse and i do have different rules around like my kids i make them they have to hold my hand yeah like they just have to hold my hand right like, most places there's yeah. very few places where i'm like i mean we live in a city like yeah if we're out like in the mountains they don't have to hold my hand <laughs> while we go on a hike but like if we're in the city out in the city like they have to hold my hand and you know he's much more just like they're gonna follow me because i'm their parent so like that and then, like, yeah. do you know what I'm saying? No, I and do. So, I'm just like. But, like, I can't control. Yeah. Like, that's not my job to be like, you need to. I mean, yeah. that's, that's how he parents them. And that works when they're with him. Right. And yeah. with me, it's different. <laughs> I don't know. No, like, I know. It's like, yeah. well, it's like the car thing. What happens in the car? Yeah. You know, it's definitely dinner time. That was a big thing for us. What I was okay with at dinner. Yeah time when Stefan wasn't home at dinner time for yeah. a number of years was definitely okay with me. Yeah. You know, and not necessarily with him. Right. Yeah. And so I feel like that is a whole nother area of the, am I okay with this? Right. Because sometimes there have been times where like Stefan has really said to me, I'm not okay with right. X. Yeah. And I'll, for like, the sake of our yeah <laughs> the parenting dynamic yeah and our friendship yeah. i have to say okay is this one of those things that i should really yeah like fight about or should i say and not fight about but fight but for yeah, yeah. Uh, do i need to advocate for this cuz it's so important to right. me right or yeah. is this so important to him that that it's yeah. okay if i stand behind yeah. him on that exactly. like you know like the no balls in the house right like he's like a steadfast with that. Mm. And I, look, we I do not have a big house. I, I appreciate yeah. that. But then there's also other times where I know it's happening. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. Eh. They'll just pretend I don't just see it. do it in yeah. your room. Or exactly. sometimes I'm like this, yeah. do it in your room. Yeah. And I just move on. <laughs> I know. Okay, this makes me think of one other area, like, mm. with the safety stuff oh. that is, like, so... I mean, yeah. a lot of this, I feel like, also relates to what we talked about last week. Like, how far do I let yeah, this go? Yeah, Like, I, I this said end. this was okay, yeah. but now the boundary is getting gray, yeah. and now I'm not so sure, <laughs> and how far do I walk it back? Right. But, like, lately at Playgrounds, Gracie, you know, she's seven and a half, mm-hmm. and she's, she's a climber. Yeah. And lately, when we go to the playground, like... Oscar and Curtis will be doing like the normal playground stuff 
And Gracie will start climbing and she will climb onto the play structure, yeah. like above the play structure. Right. I know she's not the only kid anybody has ever seen do this, but she will go so high up to a point where I'm like, yeah, the play structure was not pl- was not made with right. this in mind. Like that's not an area that they right. made for kids to be on. And so like the other day, so then I'm in this awkward position of I'm like, well, she's doing pretty well. Yeah, she's, she's good at it. She's doing it. Yeah. And she's already up there and I don't want to like mess it up and yeah. make her fall or something. Yeah. Like, hey, Grace! Yeah. Yeah. And like sometimes as she's going up there, I'm telling myself, I think I'm okay with this. Yeah. And then once she's up there, I'm like, no, I'm not. And like the other day, she was in this spot where I was like this and I could just tell she was like kind of she was in a weird mood. And I was like, I don't want you to do something really risky. You yeah. know, like, I don't like this. I had that, like, feeling, yeah. you know? And I was like, if you want to climb like that, why don't you do it over here? And I pointed out this, like, monkey bar area. Yeah. And I was like, you could go on top of the monkey bars. That's something I've seen people do. Yeah. That feels like, and it, felt, it was, like, a little bit less high off the yeah. ground. And so she's like, okay. And she makes her way over there. Thank you, Gracie, for taking my suggestion. <laughs> Climbs up there, but she's standing on yeah. the monkey bars. Uh, so then I'm like, oh, get get down. Like, get down. And I start getting really scared. And she's like, but you told me to do this. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, but I didn't mean like that. I mean, I meant like <laughs> sit, sit up there. Like, go do it. And Perch. she's kind of looking at me like, this is so stupid. Like, stop messing with me yeah and this is like one of those things where I'm like I I guess like and and it so much of this is that like free-range parenting concept where I'm like I can just not watch her if it's freaking me out right and like let her figure this out but then there's this other part of me that's like if she falls and she gets so seriously injured that it like affects the rest of our lives, yeah, shouldn't I stop her from doing this? Yeah. If like that fall could, co- do you know what I'm saying? No, like- I know exactly what you're saying, and it falls into that gray area of like, it is a result of the like world watching everything we're doing as parenting, yeah, but not being part of a community of parents. Oh, totally. You know, there's like oh, a difference, God, you're right? you're so right. And yes. so it plays into that, like, if I'm the mom who's like, get down, don't have yeah. fun, don't play, <laughs> right? And I've totally been that mom. Like, I still am. I'm like, get up the stairs. The energy's like, oh, get the stairs. You know, oh, stairs. Just do, avoid stairs at all costs. Just stay on the floor. Right. Just right. lay down lay on down. the floor. Just scoot. Just roll. Uh, roll must. to the bathroom. You can crawl <laughs> on all fours. It's safer. There are times where I just make this noise. <sighs> <sighs> Versus the like, I, I don't need to have my eyes on my child all yeah. the time. And then yeah. like, where is my child? Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Or like, yeah. she'll figure it out. She'll... And then I'm like, she doesn't figure out lots of yeah. important things. <laughs> I'm like, is she figuring it out? Yeah, no. So like, I think that I, a lot of this comes back to us. You know, once again, this has like zero to do with our kids. And it has to do with like how we're navigating it all. Yes. And either we're either paying attention yeah. to what's starting the anxiety in us or and trying to cram that down and yeah. be something maybe instinctually we don't want to be. Yes. Because it all is like, I'm cool. Yeah. Jump on the furniture. Yeah. I used to play. She's good at it. It's fine. I used to play volcano. Yeah. You don't know. Our parents don't know what we did in that house. Yeah. But I think maybe there are times when I do feel like, 
I am going to say something and stop it. Mm-hmm. It's because I really want to say, just do it when we're not here. I know. <laughs> I just, just don't want to be a part of it. I don't want to be yeah. a part of it. I don't want to condone this. Right. But like, I also don't, don't want to be a control part. your life. Exactly. And I don't. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I'm cool with not controlling your life. Yeah. Okay. Actually, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> Just don't let me see that I'm not controlling your life. <laughs> now roll over to your brother and help him with his shiz. One Bad Mother is brought to you in part by Pact. You know when your kids put you in the hot seat, peppering you with questions. Ah, questions like, what are cars made of? What is the sky made of? What are my clothes made of? Pact, an eco-friendly clothing company, wants to make sure you have at least one good answer. And that is to that last one. No gross stuff. Just 100% organic cotton. Pact makes super soft 100% organic cotton clothing for kids ages newborn to 12. Everything is fairly priced. For example, t-shirts are just $6. And Pact wants kids to love their stuff. So all their clothes are super soft and tagless with fun colors that allow kids to mix and match to make parent-approved outfits. Pact makes clothes in adult sizes, too. So shop head-to-toe goodness for the whole family at wearpacked.com. Use code OneBadMother to get 20% off your first purchase. That's W-E-A-R-P-A-C-T dot com and the code OneBadMother. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time, Teresa. Genius me. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. All right. This is kind of bullshit, but um, (laughs) I feel like it still counts. I realized that since Curtis started preschool and, you know, kids have been in and out of school here and there. But I, I kind of like expected that time to open up that we like always joke we always about. talk about the window. And just that time has never opened up. And like even my sister was asking me like, so do you have like time now for like yourself or anything like that? And I was like, so far it's all been filled with yeah. like appointments or calls I needed to make or work stuff that I needed to catch, like whatever. It's all been filled. And then I realized, like, I really have been waiting for somebody to give me time to Mm. exercise, like, to regularly exercise. And it hasn't happened. And it won't ever happen unless I schedule it myself and I put it on my calendar and I do it. Yeah. So it's like one of those things that I've learned before but kind of forgot (laughs) and had to like re-realize like, oh, this time isn't going to show up and like appear to me on a platter. Right. I have to prioritize it and make time for it. So I did that this week. I have I have it blocked out on my calendar this week for regular exercise, and I'm super excited about it. Good. Good job. Thank you. Good job. Okay. Warning. 
There's going to be some Easter Bunny talking okay. about to happen. Okay. Five, four, three, two, one. Katie Bell says to me, uh, we're hanging out in a room, and she says, is the Easter Bunny real? You know, she's kind of smiling. Is the Easter Bunny real? And I said, well, and it's very similar <laughs> to my Santa Claus speech. Five, four, three, yeah. two, one. I said, well, are there eggs outside to hunt in the morning? Yeah. And I said, is, is there an Easter basket with treats? And she said, yeah. Well, that sounds like the Easter Bunny to me. And she goes, huh. And I said, look, as long as something kept showing up for me yeah. <laughs> when I was growing up, it was not my concern whether yeah. it was real or not. Yeah. Does that make sense? She was like, yeah. Oh, and then I later love it. later that so night, good. I was tucking her in. And I was like, you know, good night. Yeah. Easter Bunny coming tomorrow. Oh, <laughs> like all that shit. And she was like, okay. She said, you have a good night, too. Enjoy hiding those eggs. <laughs> I was like, oh. No. You know, and I just yeah. walked out the door and yeah. I was like, seven, I think she's yeah. caught on. Yeah. And nine, anyway, nine years old. Nine, yeah, nine. nine. She Perfect. should definitely love yeah. it. So love I it. just am like totally good. With it. I said, I think I also said the line of like, you know what? I really like magic in the world, Katie yeah. Bell. And let's have fun with it. Yeah. Anytime yeah. somebody asks me, ask me if I do or don't believe in something, I'm always going to say, I don't know, maybe. Oh, you know, so anyway, that's that good. Wonderful. Thank Very you. inspiring. Thank you. Hi, Biz and Teresa. I'm not sure if this is a genius or a fail. Uh, important context. I am a single mom to a four-year-old. I work full time and I work an hour away from where we live, which means we have to leave at seven in the morning. This is always a struggle, but this morning I was really on top of it. I got my son dressed. He's doing a teddy bear picnic at school. We had his teddy bear ready, and I was like, hey, why don't we go get some coffee and some croissants? And as we were heading out the door, my four-year-old looks at me and says, hey, we didn't have an angry morning. And I realized that although I did a great job this morning, most other mornings, I am clearly angry. So probably a fail. Thanks so much. Bye. I know. I was like, this really could have gone in either place. But I decided... It is it, it like is that moment when yeah. they said that you did it, yeah. you did it right. But yeah. that is the one we should celebrate. Yes, absolutely. And so good, so good job. Yes, yeah, you deserve that win that day. Yeah, good job. Failures. Fail, 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 fail. You suck. Fail me, Teresa. Okay, this is a bit of a doozy. So <laughs> let me settle in. All right. So we're leaving the mountains yesterday. It's Easter. We're driving home to Los Angeles. It's about a four-hour drive, not counting stopping for anything. So we're driving down the mountain, and I'm like, remember, I had a bad morning. I I did have an angry morning. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And I had been up since four. I hadn't slept well. And I was doing okay, but I was just not really in my right mind. And the drive down the mountain is pretty twisty and turny, so I was kind of... My mind was elsewhere. Jesse asked me, should I stop for gas at this gas station or in this other place? We have gas for either one. Which, And I'm thinking to myself, why is he asking me this? I, yeah. I don't really care. So I said in the nicest way possible, I don't care. 
whatever (laughs) you want to do. And he's like, okay. So he drives past that gas station. As we keep going, it dawns on me, oh, by the time we get to that other place, I'm hoping Curtis will be asleep and take his like, hopefully one or one to two hour Um. nap on our four hour drive. And I don't want to stop. And obviously we have dogs in the car. They bark, they wake him up. It's all over. So I was like, you know what? I'm sorry, but I just realized why you were asking me that. And we actually need to stop for gas before he falls asleep. So find a gas station. We need to stop for gas. So we made a special trip to a detour to stop for gas. We filled it up. Then we continue driving. And Curtis tells me that he has pooped. So I'm like, okay, great. Now we need to pull over and, like, change your diaper. Right. But we can really pull over anywhere, except for that I realize I packed no diapers or wipes. I left them all. Like, I just did not pack any for the drive home. I don't know why. I don't know how. We were busy packing the car. There are zero diapers (laughs) or wipes in my car. So... At this point, we realize we're going to end up going to that gas station station. anyway. And so, but then I'm like, well, what if he falls asleep? And he has a little bit of a rash right now. So I'm like, what if he falls asleep? That's going to be even worse. So I start passing him candy to keep him awake. (laughs) We get to the gas station. He's still awake. Great. Great. We get there. We're there. Great. We're also stopping at this other place. Right. We go, I get Curtis out. We go into the gas station. Do they have diapers? Yes, they do. They are size three. He wears a size six. Yeah. (laughs) Great. (laughs) At least it's a diaper. Right. We go, we buy the diapers. We go into the bathroom. We get all set up. He has no poop. No poop. None. Nothing. Wow. Nothing. Wow. He's all cheerful. Yeah, I guess there's no poop, mommy. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. So we just put his clothes back on. I use the bathroom while we're there. We get back in the car and we keep going. Oh my God. I know. That is awful. I guess. I mean, like that, yeah, it just, it's just one of those things. Yeah. You're just it's like, like the, okay, yeah, sure. This is going to be, but what I, I really like that I, to me, if I was going to point out that one fail moment, it would be because I can think back to the show, like to a show, like maybe this time last year, yeah. where there was some like anger and resentment yes. about Jesse about not stopping. stopping and not right. asking and not asking. Right. And yes. so, yeah. So we've gotten See, better. You guys got so much better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ah! it's supposed to just keep progressively not. Uh, okay. So I had a dental a dental appointment uh, last week. And the night before, I prepared both children mm-hmm. that Stefan would be taking them both to school. Mm-hmm. That's great. Mm-hmm. They love this idea. Okay. They think it's great. Okay. The next morning, Ellis has forgotten. And, of course, I never told him. And right. uh, I was like, well, I told yeah. you at breakfast. Well, I didn't hear you. Well, that's different than me not yeah. telling you. So he's screaming and upset. Right. Katie Bell and Stefan have a interaction. Mm. She's crying. Everybody, this is like one of those days where my appointment is not at 7.30 a.m., so I'm not already gone for all this. Uh-huh. So I'm trying to help get them out of the everybody's yeah. crying. Why aren't yes. you asking me what's wrong? Yeah. You know, oh, you know oh, like yeah. there's just... yeah. 
get them in the car, get them out the door, come in. And I'm like, my appointment's at 8.30. It's 8 o'clock. I have a couple of minutes to hang out. It only takes me like 10 to 12 minutes to get to my dentist office. Mm-hmm. Sits. Going to relax. Do a little work. Oh, look. It's 10 minutes till uh, the appointment. Great. Go get in the car. Start driving. And I realize I am on autopilot going, going to, to school. school. Yeah. Yeah. And which is the opposite direction. Mm, yes. I have to make a full, I mean, it adds like a oh, no. full, no. like five minutes uh-huh. of like having to go down. You don't just yeah. turn around. You might as well right. just go down and cross a different street. Yeah. I was so mad. Yeah. I hit like every red light. Yeah. I hit like, so suddenly I'm like running in, like yeah. late. I just, I couldn't believe I was like, why am I over here? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm supposed course. to be at the dentist. Yes. Yeah. That, I'm I just so was sorry. Like, wow. Not fun. Not. You should never do that I again. know. I should <laughs> never. I like autopilot them to school in different directions like every other day. God. So this is a fail. I let my dad give my four-year-old a harmonica. <laughs> it's horrible. Hopefully I can gracefully lose it. <laughs> we'll see. Um, but I, it's it's not worth the headache. But anyway, y'all are doing a good job. I'm not because I led a harmonica into my house, but I love the show. Bye-bye. I love this fail because of her laugh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 oh, oops, oopsies, oops, oopsies. Yeah, like our house is just full of every oh, yeah. horrible instrument. And again, it's one of those. That's a uh, something for your bedroom. Yeah, that's for your bedroom. Yeah, both of you go in that. That's for the closet, just <laughs> as far in as you can go. You need to hang some sheets up and mm-hmm. a quilt mm-hmm. over your closet. Then yep. get in the closet. Yeah, play to your heart's desire. Yeah, <laughs> well, you're doing a horrible job raising a future musician. Ah, awful. You are the greatest mom I've ever known I love you, I love you When I have a problem I call you on the phone I love you, I love you Hey, Teresa. Let's call someone today. This week, we are talking to Zibby Owens, who is a writer and mother of four in New York City. Her work has appeared in Red Book, Marie Claire, Shape, Self, Modern Bride, and other magazines, as well as online in the New York Times, Parents, and others. She is the creator and host of the popular podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Welcome, Zibby. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. I... Really like that title of that podcast. That is the best thing ever. (laughs) We will get into that in just a second, but I want to start by asking, who lives in your house? I live with my husband, my four kids from a previous marriage, and my dog, Yodi. (laughs) All right. First of all, what kind of dog is it? It's a Pomeranian. (laughs) He's really, really cute, I have to say. He's so tiny. Does he get along with the kids? He does get along with the kids. He's like their little toy. He's very patient. <laughs> wow. Can I, now Now I got to ask, do you mind sharing how old your kids are? 
Of course. Why would I mind? I have twins who are almost 12, a boy and a girl, and then I have a girl who will be six in July and who is counting down till her birthday, and I have a four-year-old son. So lots of time to read books. <laughs> oh, yeah, tons. <laughs> tons of time. <laughs> All the time. All right, well, I want to, let's just, let's just start with the, the concept for the podcast. Tell us where the idea came from and how the podcast works. Well, I actually, I do actually read all the time. So, you know, it's like kind of a joke. But um, although someone today was like, you know, I think it's your your title is super confusing. And I'm like, well, I don't know. If, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I read all the time. I was doing a proposal for a book. And uh, my agent at the time said, you know, I think you need more of a platform before you try to sell this book. And I was like, Ugh, okay, fine. Right. And then another another friend who's a young adult fiction writer went out to coffee with me. And at the end of coffee, she goes, you know, I think you should really start a podcast. And I was like, what's a podcast? <laughs> so, and I had come up with the idea, this title, because I was going to write a book of parenting essays as moms don't have time to read books as a title because my husband had suggested I do it. And that was my response to him. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about the podcast. If somebody hasn't heard it before, tell us what you're doing. I am interviewing two authors a week mm-hmm. about their books. I started doing, you know, songwriters and some journalists. Now I mostly do authors of books, so but all types of books, fiction, nonfiction, parenting advice books, like your wonderful book is coming up, um, <laughs> memoir, children's books, some young adult fiction. I run the gamut on things that either I really want to read or I think my kids really want to read or they tell me they want to read. And I interview the authors. I read their books, and then I interview them similarly to how we're doing this now and uh, get to know them. A lot of times they come to my house. It's really fun. We have coffee, and I get to know them. And then I try to form a whole community. I try to introduce a lot of the people, a lot of the authors who have been on the show, and I have real-life events where I have authors come and speak, and I interview them in front of groups. I'm interviewing some authors at Barnes Noble for their book launches soon. So I try to make it both a podcast and then the offline counterpart to that. That's remarkable. I mean, Thank like, <laughs> I just think it's, that's remarkable. And I'm going to get to the crux of why I think that's remarkable uh, right now. And that is, so <laughs> you're an avid reader. And while I possibly you're also a witch, I'm trying to figure <laughs> out, like, I was wondering if you could talk about your relationship with books and that the time to read the books okay. over your history of parenting. I mean, like, because I think that's a real struggle for a lot of moms, even though you may or may not think the title is correct. What appeals to me about the title, it is I used to read like three books a week. I lived in New York. I was on the subway. I just churned through things and it was delightful and I loved it. And now I'm like, can I even get through my graphic novel that I want to read? You know, I'm like, I can't. I find it really difficult to reconnect. And I, I know that's true for a lot of parents. So did you have a like a process or a path that you went through or were, was it really easy for you to stay connected with your reading? No, it was not really easy. I did go through a journey. <laughs> um, I used to read all the time. I was like a kid who loved to read. I, I Like you, I read all through my 20s. And when I had more time, I would always do it. A, a dream vacation to me is like sitting on a beach reading. Yeah. Full, full stop. Um, and then once I had kids, it, beca- it became so difficult. And um, not only did I not have time, but sometimes I just didn't have the mental bandwidth to yeah. kind of get into a book. 
And I was so tired when I did get into bed to read, I would like have to read the same sentence 20 times. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. So I, and then I was getting so frustrated with how little progress I was making because I could see the same book like sitting there taunting me every night that I was like, oh, just forget it. You know, <laughs> I'll just like read a magazine. Um, but I missed it. I missed it so much. And uh, reading has always been such a great escape for me and such a calming, <laughs> calming yeah. influence in my crazy head. So to be honest, when I went through my divorce, I ended up with all this extra time when I didn't have my kids for the weekend. And that was super <laughs> hard for amazing. me um, to be away from yeah. them. And I, all of a sudden, I had all this time to read again. Wow. So I decided, you know what, if I you know, if I'm not going to be with my kids and I am, was happy, I'm remarried now. It's, it's good, but I have had the time yeah. and the, you know, the reset button to be able to enjoy books again, but it's not easy. And then even when I have the kids, I mean, like this past week I was yelling and my, I was saying to my husband, I was like, how did I used to do this? I cannot read any books. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I make the time. I just, I try, I do it whenever I get a spare minute. I do it in front of the kids a lot. I didn't used to do that before this whole project. You know, it was yeah. something only for me. You know, I viewed it like getting a massage, something I did like rarely, but was so nice when I did it. But now I've really incorporated it in my life and they see it and they are a part of it. And they love, they love when I'm reading and they, you know, they like get into it because they know it's for a reason. <laughs> yeah, no, it's amazing. I, I'm curious, like, I find myself now that my reading time is so limited that I'm sometimes like really weird about choosing books. Like I, I'm like, I'm not as like willing to just like try something. Like mm. I'm like, oh, this has to be like good. Like I have to like, like I can't, I need to know, like I need to know in advance that this is going right. to be really good if I'm going to do Like, do you feel at all like, like extra picky about what you read or do you just delight in the, in the reading itself? Well, I'm trying to call the best books so yeah. that the people who listen to my podcast can choose from among those books um, so that they don't waste their time because I feel the same exact way. I mean, I hate, like, you know, arriving somewhere and only having a book and then it's, you know, being on a plane and being stuck and it's not good. So, yeah, I'm pretty picky. I only read what I want to read and... You know, even with the podcast, I keep reminding myself, like, I am doing this for fun because I love this. Yeah. <laughs> this is my passion. Like, if, if the book is, if the book looks bad, but I, sometimes at the beginning, I was like, well, maybe I should read this book or other people mm. said it's good. And, you know, I read what looks good to me. If I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can't wait to read that. I'm reading it. And the ones that are like, so, so, I'm, I'm not reading them. So the ones I have on my podcast, I'm actually really excited to read. But, yes, I'm, I'm super picky. Well, I was going to say, does the, has the podcast changed? Do you ever feel like, God, I wish I could just, like, get a whole bunch of, like, books and just have the luxury of being like, don't like that first page. Don't! You know, like, has the podcast changed how you, how you read or how you approach books? A little. I mean... I can tell a lot faster if I'm going to like it or not. Yeah. I used to have to read a lot more of it. I can really honestly flip through it and catch a few sentences and know if it's going to be something that I'll be able to stick with or that I, I'm into. And I feel like I used to give books a lot more time, but because I'm reading so much now, I'm, I can read really quickly and, and get a sense faster. You know, we always get asked, like, what do you learn from doing the podcast? And I'm like, oh, that we're all failing miserably and it's okay. But <laughs> that we can't do anything ever. So I was wondering, I know that part of the reason you started the, the podcast was to, you know, because of the memoir, as well as a chance to, like, talk to authors and, you know, basically trap them in a spot and be like, you know, ask about writing process and get someone on one time with authors that you like. 
has it been beneficial for your personal writing? Now I have no time to write. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> that will be my next podcast. Right. Moms don't have time to write. Um, so not really. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yes and, yes and no. I mean, now I'm writing articles. I just wrote a piece. My second piece for parents.com recommending specific books. Yes, with us. Um, with us recommended. Thank with you. With you recommended. And my sisters. And your sister. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm I'm doing more pieces, but actually sometimes I'm being asked to write pieces, which is like incredible after a lifetime of pitching to magazines. So yeah. that's been really nice. Um, I have not been able to work on my book at all, <laughs> although I had like another book idea. And so I keep like starting lots of things, but... I don't know. I don't have, but it's okay. Because in a way, I also have more material. So when I do sit down, I feel like I'm more effective in my writing because mm. my time is more limited. I just wrote this piece this morning about how I was trying to help a family friend who's turning 70 get 10 dates online. <laughs> so, <laughs> awesome. So that was that was fun to write. <laughs> but, you know, if I have like an hour and a half, that's what I have and that's what I'm going to take as opposed to trying to do it all the time. Which leads me into an article you wrote for HuffPost about, yeah, it was sort of like comparing parenting to like 1950s and like what we're dealing with. And I, one of my favorite lines is, I don't want to be so busy all the time being a full-time kid manager that I can't just be with the kids. Parenting shouldn't be as much of an office job every day filled with forms and signups, spreadsheets and logistics. Like, I, I just want to get into this a little. Like, you and I were talking about the fact that you and I have been trying to schedule a time for, <laughs> for us and to, to do that interview on your show. And I, it's been months. It's been yeah. months of like sending emails, me being 100% sure that I responded to that email mm -hmm. and then realizing I didn't ever respond to that email. And that, you know, like it just was crazy. And I talk a little bit about that article about what you were what you were kind of thinking about. Yeah, I had reached the end of my rope. <laughs> Again, yeah, <laughs> this rope again. Keeps, keeps growing back, this end of the rope. But yeah, I just, it was like the beginning of the school year and it was my eight millionth form and the kids, you know, are sitting here next to me saying, when are you going to be done? When are you going to be done? And I'm like, I'm doing this for you. Oh, but yeah. of course they don't care because, you know, that's nothing fun. It's not like I'm buying them a toy. I'm <laughs> sending it in the eight millionth, you know, medical form. So I just got really frustrated that I, you know, I had a lot of kids because I love kids and I love my kids. And I, I still feel like I'm a full-time mom, even though, you know, I'm here. I'm in my apartment now. Yeah. I'm here. I do the podcast here. When I get off the phone, I'll go back upstairs and play on the floor with them. So that's still my priority. But so much paperwork is involved per kid. You know, some people say, oh, is it really so different going from three to four? Well, yeah, yeah. another person, you know, like <laughs> a whole other person. Um, with so, paperwork. <laughs> yeah, Damn. with paperwork. So I was just feeling really frustrated. And clearly other moms are with me because I got a lot of people reading it and commenting and stuff. So, well, it's you know, so I, I wish there was an easier way to, to manage. Yeah, the, there's. There's not. I mean, there's not. <laughs> we've been through this a million times of like, what can I let go of when it comes to the, you know, scheduling? What can I let go of in terms of email response and like phone and calls and, you know, all, like, what can I let go of? And even after you shed everything you can possibly shed, there's still this huge chunk of management time, you know, yeah. like, it's still yeah. left, which is incredibly frustrating when all you want to do is go sit and read a book. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> 
Thank you so much for joining us, Zibby. We're going to uh, link everybody you. up to the podcast. It, it, Guys, it is great. It is a chance to like, it really does help you like figure out what you might want to read if, if you are a reader and it's hard to even figure out what's come out or what's out there. Um, and it's great that you do everything from adult to kids books. It, it is amazing. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thanks so much for having me on. Absolutely. And we'll talk again soon. Can't wait. Okay, bye. Bye. Okay, bye. Hey, we're Ben and Adam, and we're here to tell you about our Star Trek podcast, The Greatest Generation. Why should I listen to a Star Trek podcast? You may be asking yourself. Well, ours is actually good and funny. We joke around. We uh, we have a lot of fun. We talk about film production techniques that are used in Star Trek. We love to break down the stories and the characters, and we just have a blast while we're doing it. It's kind of like sitting around with a couple of buds, having a beer, and talking about an episode of one of your favorite shows. So go to MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to The Greatest Generation. Yeah, whatever you're using to listen to this, just have it find us and subscribe. Hello, I'm Oliver Wong, scholar, journalist, and DJ. And I'm Morgan Rhodes. I'm a music supervisor. We host Heat Rocks, a podcast where we invite our favorite musicians, writers, and scholars to talk about the albums that have changed their lives. Join us as we discover forgotten classics. I think that Boots Riley is one of, if not the most underrated MCs in the history of hip-hop. Reminisce about our faves. I was always feeling like a little bit of a tourist when I would listen to like Big Daddy Kane. And suddenly when De La Soul came out, it was like, hey, you can dance and be goofy and have fun and love hip-hop and you don't have to pretend to be anybody but yourself. And of course, talk nonstop about his purple majesty, Prince. Having your idol listen to your music, it's life-changing. It's the thing you want from your parents, so to speak, or that you didn't have. Heat rocks every Thursday here on Maximum Fun. Teresa. Yes. That was delightful. It was. She was fun. Yeah. And has some good book recommendations. That is a helpful service. Uh, right? <laughs> it is a helpful service. I know. So One Bad Mother Book Club, check it out. It's out there for you. Everybody, everybody check it out. It's Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books, the podcast. You know what moms often also don't have time to do, at least publicly, (laughs) and that's have a breakdown. Let's listen to uh, someone have one right now. Hi, Ben and Teresa. This is a rant. Um, I'm not even all that worked up, but I'm listening to one of your old shows about self-care and needing permission to take care of ourselves and wanting to exercise or wanting to find that thing. And I'm just so... I'm so tired of hearing, oh, the morning is your time. Like, that getting up at four in the morning to exercise Uh, is a workable solution. uh, I work full time. uh, I work 10 to 11 hour days. It's like four in the morning is not when I want to exercise. And I do need permission. And everything hinges on this mom guilt, working mom guilt, where 
stay-at-home dad is tired of being with the kids, and so I come home as fast as I can, and I take over every single day, and I clean, and I put kids to bed, and we eat dinner together, and everything's fine, but there's not a second left for me. And stop telling me, husband, not you guys, stop telling me that it's 4 o'clock in the morning for exercise, it's the, the best time, and that's my opportunity. That really sucks. And it makes me sad, and it makes me feel like you don't care what I need um, to take care of myself. So now I am a little worked up. Well, thank you, guys. You're doing a great job. Thanks for reminding me the, that I'm important, too, and I have to take care of myself. Bye. You are important at 4 a.m., 9 a.m., mm-hmm. 11 p.m. Yeah. You're important all the time. And this, you know what? I, I actually like the call out to the partner in this a little bit because this is something that like Stefan and I also kind of work on a lot and it, it's about communicate like the the thing that I've been doing recently is realizing that I usually don't bring up something that I need help with or mm-hmm. I need to fix or self-care or any of that with him until I have a solution mm-hmm. until I've already worked out how oh, we how can make this do it. right yeah, yeah. and a lot of times that turns out that may not be the best. Sometimes I have to present it with, I don't know how to fix this, mm-hmm. but I need this. Mm-hmm. How can we fix this, mm-hmm. right? I also feel like, you know, no matter who's at the house and who's maybe going out in the world and working or both people are right, whatever the setup is, mm-hmm. it is a real place to be where you're like, even though everybody's pitching in and doing stuff, there's yeah. still no time. Yeah. Every, it's really difficult and stressful for everybody. Yes. And it's also really hard to see it. Yes. And it's even harder to talk about it. Yeah. And you're doing a remarkable job and you do deserve to find some time for self-care. We all do. Mm-hmm. And you do deserve the space and, you know, place to be able to talk about it with your partner. It's really fucking hard. And that 4 a.m. thing is such a dismissive, like, well, it it falls in that whole list of, like, dismissive things people say, whether they're intentionally meaning it, like, Mm -hmm. no matter what the intention is behind it. If you're the receiver of it, it feels like it's, it's one of those ones that's taking away your permission to need something. Yeah. Right? Yeah, because it's like, well, if you really want to do that, then just get up at four o'clock in the morning. Like, yeah. And the reality is that four o'clock in the morning is not really morning. No. Like, that's, that's when your body not. needs to sleep yeah. because it's nighttime. Yeah. So, like, the more hours a day you're awake and working, mm-hmm. the less important exercise even becomes. Yeah. Because. If you're only sleeping six or five or less hours a night, it does not make physical sense to then deprive yourself of much needed (laughs) sleep to exercise, even though your body does need exercise, too. Yeah. But so it really is. I agree. It's not really a solution. Mm -mm. Um, I'm also a little bit in the in the like partner dynamic thing. I'm a little bit guilty of sometimes thinking to myself, well, why don't you just X, Y or Z? Yeah. If there's a complaint about that, why don't you just... Do I, it, it during your so, lunch like, break. It seems so easy. Like, yeah. why, why don't you just... And, like, that's just not the way we are as people. Like, right. sometimes we need to find our own solutions to 
the ways to care for ourselves. But yeah. like what I really also like about your call is that even though you like have this beef that is real, like you guys are so clearly trying yeah. so hard to make something impossible work. Like, yeah. And when I say your situation is impossible, I just mean in the way that all of our situations yeah. feel impossible sometimes right now when it just feels like too much on everyone. Yeah. And we're all just trying to make it work. But like you guys are so clearly trying to figure that out in the best way possible with like all your best interests in mind. And I know that you will figure it out and you'll get through it. You are doing a remarkable job. You are right. We will never tell you to get up at 4 a.m. to exercise. (laughs) (laughs) Unless you like want to. Yeah, unless you want to. Yes. If you're going to bed really early and you just love getting up at 4 a.m. to exercise. Maybe you're a person who doesn't need sleep. Maybe you're an Olympic athlete and you must get up every night, which is a thing, uh, really early to prioritize it. But Teresa landed more on what we will tell you to do, which is sleep. (laughs) Sleep if you can. Sleep comes first. (laughs) You're doing a great job. Yes, you are. Teresa, what did we learn today? We learned, once again, that many of the things we find ourselves struggling with are our own damn fault. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, like, on some level, yes, like, uh, the whole thing about, I'm cool with this, these are the way, these are the rules I'm going to set up, and I'm going to be fine with it, and then suddenly realizing that you're not fine with it, at no fault to your kid, like, your kid's not they're just following the rules you set up and then you realize maybe I don't like these rules and it's not about like what's it going to be like when I change it for them it really is what is the process going to be for me Mm -hmm. to make a decision about what I'm going to do about this yes am I really okay yeah can I let it go and if not will I be honest enough with myself and my kids and anybody else in my life that needs to know this change uh, that I, I want this to be changed. Yeah. And I also really think we should bring home the whole point again about not confusing the fact that there is so much out there for parents and everybody is watching you as a parent with a real parent community. Mm-hmm. Okay? Like, like, I really, yeah, I just... That I hate everything. Um, (laughs) I'm going to go home and eat some cake. Everybody, we're watching you. Yeah. And we think you're doing a remarkable fucking job. Yeah, we do. The the fact that you're not, Teresa, the fact that you're not up on top of that thing with Grace, Uh good job. I think you're doing remarkable. Yeah. I see you wrestling with that decision. Uh Uh-huh. And I think you're doing a good job with that. Thank you. I see everybody wrestling with these choices. Uh I will not be a person who decides that when I see somebody doing something or their child doing something, that the parent is not simultaneously wrestling with whether or not they're okay with it. Yep. I won't be that person. All wrestling with horrible decisions. (laughs) (laughs) You're doing a good job. Teresa, you are doing a good job. I mean that. Like I the wrestling with the question is a lot of work. And you're doing a really good job wrestling. Thank you, Biz. Mm-hmm. So are you. Thank you. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. 
got to low down mama blue, low down mama blue. Got to low down mama blue, got to low down mama blue, you know that's right. We'd like to thank Max Fun, our producer, Hannah Smith, our husbands, Stephen Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Well, Daddy, baby, bustin' by, not low down mama blue. Oh, said Daddy, baby, bustin' by, not low down mama blue. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.